oxygen uh, or lack thereof is in the news a lot at the moment uh, because hospitals are running out of it in various places in the world uh, and whatever I'm going to talk about now um, I think doesn't solve that problem uh, because those hospitals need a lot of oxygen and I suspect the, the thing I'm going to talk about now just at the moment isn't producing a lot of oxygen but it is producing some oxygen and that's a start. It's um, a new invention uh, invented in 2018 just before coronavirus hit uh, invented by a team of physicists here in Melbourne at Melbourne Uni. Uh, okay, I didn't understand most of it, but I understand the guts of it. This invention, now when one of those physicists explained it to me on the BBC World Service just now. Um, now the issue with extracting oxygen from the air for example, one place you can extract it from is the, it takes energy to do that. Yeah, this is why, this is the problem with um, hydrogen power. You know, a lot of people say, oh, we should be using hydrogen power to, hydrogen powered cars, you know, people say, you know, there's hydrogen everywhere, it's in the air, you know, it's in water, it's in water, you know. Um, but the trouble is to extract the oxygen from these sources takes more energy um, than the energy that you get out of the hydrogen once you've extracted it. Yeah, so it's sort of unsolvable. It looks good on Facebook, but not that good practically, um, as far as I know. Um, now, um, yeah, you know, because if you had a hydrogen-powered car, you'd have to have an awfully big petrol tank, ten times as big as the one you've got, to run the uh, to run the extraction engine, the extraction engine that's pulling the hydrogen out of the air. So you'd, be, you'd have this massive engine um, in the in the in the back, let's say, of the car, in the boot, um, uh, running a really green engine in the front. <laughs> But turning our minds now to extracting oxygen from the air or from water or from wherever else it might live. Now, um, this team of physicists I heard, um, I just discovered, uh, some, they were talking to health professionals or something, they discovered that pneumonia back then was, or um, probably now still, was and is the number one killer of children worldwide. Wow. And from what I heard, they thought, wow, <laughs> we didn't know that. Um, but there's oxygen all around the child as it dies. There's oxygen all around that child. Yeah, And this is all brought into much more sharp focus now because people are dying like that in Brazil at the moment um, because their hospitals have run out of oxygen. There's people dying of coronavirus with oxygen all around them, but it's trapped in the air. Yeah. Um, 
only, what is it, 20-something percent of air is oxygen. So that's not enough to really give you the, uh, the burst of oxygen you need when you're dying of coronavirus or, well, dying of pneumonia anyway, uh, with coronavirus uh, causing that. All right. Um, and so these physicists um, said, wow, you know, all right, well, there is oxygen all around the kid. So let's turn our minds to this, you know. And at this point, these physicists um, part ways from people of faith. In a lot of countries, at least, there are people of faith who do physics as well, of course. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of places in the world um, where if they see a child dying of pneumonia, they say this is God's will. Yeah, but these physicists have probably argued to themselves that mm, God didn't only give us faith to work with. He also gave us a brain to work with. And, um, and apparently they've come up with something brilliant. They, they're using siphons. Um, so... Um, because it had to be without electricity, you see, for their purposes, because I think most of these children are dying in places where there is no reliable electricity supply or something like that, you know, or a lot of the children are anyway. Anyway, whatever they built, we, we already know how to produce electricity. Uh, well, we know how to um, extract oxygen from the air uh, when we've got an electricity supply or we've got an engine that can produce electricity. Um, let's say a turbine in a rushing river, you know, that we could get that to produce electricity and get that to produce oxygen. Uh, but these guys were saying, yeah, but what if you've just got a stream, just a normal river going past, which is not going to produce electricity for you per se. Not enough, you know, not enough power in that river. Um, and they said, you know, there's always a water source. All we need is, a, you know, can we take advantage of the fact that this water is flowing? And, um, uh, but the advantage we need to take of this water flowing can't be the electricity advantage. We have to think of some way, other, some other way to get power out of this river. And siphons. I would never have thought of this. But then again, I would never think much of, I would, I would never have thought of anything that's ever been thought up in this world. Um, so, um, if you run a pipe out of the river and then back down into the river, like a U, um, apparently the, the siphon effect, you know, get the, start the water going and then the water will keep going. Um, so you siphon the water up and down. Okay. Um, and what happened? The, the, the other part of the, you know, the pipe on the other, that side has to be lower than the other one or something like that. I forget how siphoning works. It doesn't matter for the purposes of this episode. The geniuses are not in this shed. The geniuses are down at Melbourne Uni. And, you know, they know how siphoning works. Um, now, um, now what that, that's not all they did. Because, you know, you're not going to extract oxygen from the air just by watching water go up a pipe and back down again. It was a long pipe because they really wanted a big siphoning effect. What they did 
is put a hole in the top near the top of the siphon. Now I don't. I think yeah, there'd be other things going on with this siphon too. You know, they probably got a little box up there to collect the oxygen in, for example, or something like that. You know, they've probably got a filter in there somewhere, such that if they can get some power going. Because they're after power, see, they haven't got electricity, so they're looking for a different type of power, and they're going to try and use the water falling from the top down to the bottom as their power source. Now, how, how will they use that um, falling water as their power source? Well, well, even, not even the falling water, the fact that the water's moving, you know, something like that. Anyway, um, but what they did, they put a little hole somewhere in that tube, I don't know how thick it is. Maybe you could you could build a really big one of these, you know, and get a lot of oxygen going. But anyway, um, they put a hole in there somewhere, and the water rushing past um, created maybe it was at the top in the U, you know. Um, but somehow um, that the water going past sucked air in and created a vacuum. Somewhere, so I, I I don't know how it works. I'm not the physicist on this job, but I'm just imagining, let's say, for fun, that air gets sucked in, but then immediately it's sort of sucked down or something, and a vacuum is created, and they use that vacuum somehow to force that. Oh, so air. Well, somehow a vacuum is caused when you do that, and air rushes into that vacuum somehow. I can imagine that. Okay. Um, and, okay, a whole water running past vacuum, air rushes in, maybe, um, they put a filter there somewhere, so that the air rushing in has to go through that filter, I don't know what that sort of filter is, um, but I think there might be sand involved or something like that, um, we already use something like that with electricity-driven oxygen machines. Uh, I understand from what I heard from them. All right, so they're doing the same thing without um, without electricity, but still using the same logic. Okay, and then um, the long and short of it is um, they set up one of these things over in Uganda. Our team of physicists here from Melbourne in a place uh, next to the such and such river, started with you, <laughs> Ankadanka river or something i can't remember what it was i should know um and uh do you <laughs> and uh you probably do and they set it up and they said it was just beautiful um the only thing if you had an electric a generator or you know turbine or whatever creating electricity you'd make a noise and they said it was so quiet except the bubbling of pure oxygen or near pure oxygen they extracted the nitrogen. They used that filter to extract the nitrogen from the air. And nitrogen, I don't know what, 70 something percent of air is nitrogen. So they sucked that out. So all they had left was oxygen plus a few other bits of gas that is in air. Argon isn't, I think, another component of air, but those little bits don't matter. All you're trying to get is, you know, not something going, something getting pushed into the lungs of the kid that is, you know, 98% oxygen or 95% oxygen or whatever, rather than 30% oxygen or 20-something percent oxygen. That was the challenge. And it just brought home to me that yes, God gave us not only faith to use, 
he gave us brains to use as well. <laughs> uh, he didn't give me enough brains to use. He gave me just enough brains to kind of understand all these episodes I hear on, yeah. When I hear a smart person speaking, I've got just enough brains to understand that, but I would never come up with any of this stuff, you know, so um, I was given enough brains to talk, but not do. But all in all, as a team, we humans, we were given a brain. And um, and I, I, I suppose you know, when God hears someone say, oh, my, the poor child is dying, it is God's will. He's saying, hey, I gave you a brain. <laughs> Can you use that? You know, you'd be one of those people, you know, uh, where if you got trapped in a river and you were heading towards a waterfall and I sent you a helicopter, you'd say, no, 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 it's God's will. <laughs> God will save me. <laughs>